welcome to the Bodycore Coaching Podcast. Hello and welcome to another Bodycore Coaching Podcast. My name is Sam and today we're very privileged to have Christian Thompson with us today. He's a health consultant and former kickboxing world title holder. He specializes in symptom and metabolic analysis with regards to pain and movement. So we'd like to welcome you, Christian. How are you today? You well? I'm very good, thank you. Yes, and thank you for having me on uh, on the show today. Um, looking forward to uh, speaking with everyone. Yes, as I've just said to you just before we start recording, I'm I'm always excited to to speak to somebody who can stitch all aspects of what makes good relatable health together. As we're saying, health health these days can be can kind of seem to be very compartmentalized. But as I'm sure you'll agree, and, and we'll talk about very soon, health health is more than that. Health, health needs to be seen as this this larger picture because um, so many of the things that we're influenced now kind of divide those up when it comes to you know a training nutrition so on and so forth, but um, to see it to see it as the big picture that it is, is a very important thing. So I've got, I've got a lot of time for you because then, because that, that's, that's really what you, what you specialize in. So if you want to just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so my background is I was a you know, professional fighter for, for seven years, um, uh, which ended up with uh, you know, about five British titles. Um, a number of international titles, including a combination in a world title, um, under 80 kilos. Um, and uh, well, kickboxing, it was just, just uh, similar to Olympic boxing in terms of uh, the way the rules and the sort of sport is set out, knockout competitions, sort of things to fight multiple people in a day. But then as I was progressing through my career, uh, getting fitter and stronger and living a better lifestyle and you know, doing things more, uh, more accurately in terms of what should be healthy and what should be good. I was actually continuously getting sicker, which turned out to be heavy metal poisoning. I had um, a bad filling put in, some mercury amalgams in my teeth, and um, that had been slowly leaking into uh, um, sort of into my into the bloodstream through my teeth, through my mouth, through my teeth, um, and it was causing continu- uh, continually worsening health problems that started off with what was anemia-like symptoms that wasn't diagnosable as anemia, um, into more heavy neurological symptoms such as borderline narcolepsy and chronic fatigue syndrome. And uh, we really couldn't find out what was going on. And so after all our title and, uh, you know, and going through this stuff, I actually took time out, been retired for seven years now and uh, obviously now completely resolved all the health issues that was coming uh, back as part of that um, and one of the things we were really seeing or I was really seeing uh, was a, a lack of capacity to concentrate or stay awake or constant tiredness these sorts of things despite sleeping you know eight hours or even more sometimes despite eating healthy you know no high levels of green, you know, some proteins, you know, plenty of diversity in the foods, eating a good, good three meals a day, not, not under eating or over eating particularly, you know, getting my rest in, even cutting my training down. None of these things were actually having a positive impact on my health. And it wasn't until we actually found the correct uh, methodology, which for me was a form of chelation therapy. So a form of binding the heavy metals and taking them out and supporting the organs that would uh, do those processes because those organs were physically damaged from the excessive heavy metals circulating 
over a number of years. So we didn't, didn't need to actually uh, just support the organs or just do this. It was a combination of different strategies all played out at once to actually uh, get me to a full recovery. Right. And okay. Really, so, so was it? So was it really a couple of years that you were fighting those symptoms for? Uh, kind of. I mean, what happened? It was more like a good couple of years of not knowing what it was and trying to try trial and error, basically, of just doing things that were meant to be right and things mm. things that we are taught uh, in the general general industry, like the health fitness industry, and and, and, you know, and even things that we look up look up and read online and whatnot. You know, these things that should have been helping me become more healthy, doing everything right, you know, making sure that I had, you know, balancing my macros out, balancing my calories out, you know, uh, eating, eating good, healthy, clean food, you know, uh, what, what would be suggested was, is that for, for, for the general public. Um, and I was trying all these things and nothing was really working. It wasn't until we actually started doing objective testing on myself to see what was going on and what was, what was causing problems that we saw that kidneys weren't really up to scratch. They weren't in the need of medical care. I didn't need the dialysis or I didn't need any special medication. Same thing for the liver. We had, you know, we had elevated enzymes showing that the increased stress in these organs. And we had, we had changes in gastrointestinal function. We had uh, heavy metals you know, that, were be, that were only visible as well under certain conditions. So if we just did a test by itself, you know, just on my blood, you wouldn't see all these terribly negative things going on all the time. It would be about putting myself into certain positions, certain conditions to actually find these things. And it takes a lot of um, a lot of work to really, you know, find out what's going on with someone and really create a personalized plan. But almost immediately from getting the plan right to like, if I start implementing the plan, my health just you know skyrocketed up my my ability to read and concentrate and stay awake and and do all the things that I used to do without much problem and even better you know I, I was a, a dyslexic kid through school always struggled through school and academic processes but since I actually removed issues heavy metal winning it's like someone unlocked my brain and unlocked my ability to actually learn and pick new information up as well so it, it is there's a lot to be said about putting understanding what real health is until you actually experience it you really don't know what it is so you might mm. be in a process where you've constantly through your whole life thought that that's normal and that's okay and that's that's also what a lot of people sort of resign themselves to today is that's just me uh, i'm just my elbow just hurts you know uh, I, I just have problem eating this thing you know now well hardware issues as in things that are physically part of your body that you cannot change do exist you know, it's never, it's never a wrong thing to do, to look for ways around that or ways to actually change or improve that if you don't know it's a physical hardware issue. Unless it's actually been tested and you physically have the evidence to show that this will not ever change, then it's always the, the most beneficial thing to look to how to improve it. It's it's so relatable to how, in, in well, in, in our instance of body core coaching, we're looking so much into the mindset and how people are fixated on the concept of it being a, uh, a solid state affair. Like once once you've done your early early years learning, you you know you spent the three first three or four years of your life absorbing all the information and adapting to kind of to, to where to where your to where your head is as an adult. People think that as soon as you've gone past a certain point, it's it's untouchable. You can't actually relearn anything you can't invest any more time in your in your kind of psyche because 
it cannot be changed because that's just, as you say, that's how people have just become so used to that's just the way they are. So mm. it seems like, it seems like from what you're saying, that physical health, as much as we know, most people probably see health and physical health at least as three very simple things of your training or exercise, if you do any at all, the nutrients that you put into your body, whether that's ma macro or micronutrients, the, fuel, the fuels that you eat, and also maybe how you how you are kind of psychologically but there's so much more to it than that as i say that, that's mm -hmm. most people's basic understanding of of their health and and that's probably mm -hmm. as in, as probably as interested as they're ever going to get because that's what they, they just assume it's a very very simple very very simple thing that, that and, and only doctors can really can really tell them any more about their physical yeah the physical state the oh, and only yeah. until they go and complain about something might they then sh you know, have a bit of light shed on, this is, this is on the physical state. Yes. Is that, like you said, when people come out of a certain level of education, they go, all right, I've, not, I've learned it now, this is the thing, and that's that. And in there, and it's what also creates cognitive, cognitive dissonance. So people can't hold two conflicting ideas at the same time. But what a lot of information is taught at these days is an oversimplified version of what it is. So when you oversimplify something, you turn it into uh, pretty much a black and white story. Uh, it's this or it's this. And that's what a lot of people in the fitness industry currently have is they have this fear of overreaching, which uh, or, or which does happen. There's lots of people that overreach and then try to do something outside of their qualified skill set. But there's also people that are like, oh, I'm not going to go and learn about that thing because it's not part of the skill set that I'm in. You know, yes. they don't think that they can actually grow into that skill set, which is a big problem as well. So if you have people that have an opinion about something or think they've learned something, about health and that something comes across their, their, their sort of information table that, dis, uh, that, that doesn't agree with their, their thought, their, their view of the world. They automatically will pass it off as, you know, rubbish or, you know, pseudoscience or something else without actually giving it the time of day to think about the process. Often you'll see studies, scientific studies that are, that are you know, reputable and disagree about the outcome of something they'll say you know eat this food and it'll cause this eat that food and it'll cause that over there and those two results are opposing it's actually possible for both of those results to be 100 percent accurate but what's also possible is for the each of the studies not to have controlled for the same for, for for a different variable that may have caused a different result within that because many things in nature are double-edged swords you know uh, you look at just uh, UVB lights, so sunlight, that causes the production of vitamin D. You know, vitamin D itself is very important for the body. If we oversimplify it, um, you know, vitamin D is good for pretty much everyone. But uh, there are actually occasions where increased vitamin D will cause problems if you have hepatic health problems, such as liver and kidneys, in terms of conversion of ACT2 into its active form. But also, UVB light or UV light will cause carcinomas, they'll cause skin cancer, they'll cause problems. So, you know, you've got always a double-edged sword within the positive and negatives that things can cause, depending on many factors, but normally the biggest variable that is important is time or temporal nature of things. Because time will change the effect from something from being negative to positive to negative again within a spectrum, depending on the individual uh, person or subject and also the object being used on that subject okay perfect so um 
moving on to another question. So with, with regard to your practice, how would you how would you define objective and subjective testing methods and how would you use that with with a client of yours? Yeah, so um, basically subjective testing that I often use or subjective um, methods I often use are to do with uh, something that yeah, is uh, more opinion based uh, or something that has no physical numerical value. Uh, so things like symptoms, you know, the severity of a symptom you, ex you experience is a very subjective thing. But symptomology and grouping of symptoms is a very important starting place to look at what's actually going on in the body. And they have extreme, extreme value of determining what areas of the body are struggling the most and, um, uh, and also what can be done about that as well. But always when you're looking at subjective values, you've got to be aware that they are not the hard, fast rules. You've got to be aware that further objective testing, such as a blood analysis or metabolic analysis using measurement of the gases being used by when you breathe or urine analysis or something around these that give you actual physical values that you can measure and are going to be great ways to further clarify what's actually happening with those symptoms. And what's more important is that just taking a blood test by itself and seeing that no, that someone doesn't have any, any blood markers wildly out of range, which would mean, oh, they're, no, they're perfectly healthy, which is normally what happens when you go to a GP and get your blood test. For many people who are feeling a bit rubbish, they go out and get their blood test done. They're like, oh, you know, the doctor said I was fine. There was nothing wrong. But then when you compare that person's symptoms with the markers that are maybe out of, slightly out of range or going towards the out of range, then you see that these actually start to correlate. And then maybe they're not clinically sick but they are on their way to moving in that direction. So it's very important to make sure that you take both subjective and objective um, assessment methods and combine the information to create a holistic view of where that person is. That, 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 probably, that probably illustrates really well just how, as you'd said before, um, some, some, of the, some of the cracks that we can fall down in the modern, the modern healthcare systems because, because those systems are in place to serve the masses effectively. They, they, they are there as basically a last resort that's that's what that's what people will be advised to go to go to their gp and and maybe get a, the odd health checkup just to make sure that they're okay maybe maybe they're known to be a vulnerable person because of this illness or that but a gp will will have will have a line which they 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 must follow you're you're basically the right side of our line to, to have any concern over you which is what you're talking about there it's it's obviously well being on the correct side of that line, but but again, that's a very that's an overly simplified black and white view of somebody's overall health. It doesn't it doesn't mean that they are optimal. It doesn't mean that they could be better, and they and it doesn't and it doesn't tell you which way they're sliding. They may be they may be one side of the line, but it doesn't tell you what direction they're going in until you yeah, start no, investing more time in like basically in a practice like yours, where where you are taking that that information and breaking oh. it down even further. Another thing I say to people all the time is that every, every single strategy works. It just depends in what direction that strategy moves you and where, yes. and where you are to begin with, you know, because if a strategy moves, if we just say left or right, and we say you're, uh, you're too far to the right and you're too far to going over this side and you know, perfect health is in the middle. Again, oversimplifying concept, but I mean, still it just makes it easy to understand. And you have a strategy that move you, moves you to the left, further toward the center, then it's going to be good for you. But if you have a strategy moves to the right, then it's going to be bad for you. 
But if you take the opposite situation in play and you and you are too far to the left and you have a strategy moves you to the right, oh, that's then going to be healthy for you. So this is why a lot of the time these fad diets work for so many people, but don't then don't work for so many people because it's not because you know that's, that diet was the thing that worked for that one individual person and everyone has their own specific individual thing that will work for them forever. It's because that 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 thing worked for that person at that point in time. That person was in that specific space of health where it was moving them in the right direction. And it's nothing more than that. And it's also why fad diets don't work forever is in terms they help people in the short term, but then they stop working later on because your health has changed and therefore your needs have changed. Yes. Checking up, checking up on that, again, through objective validation of changes, you know, and adapting you into a new strategy as you change is a very important part of actually continue, uh, continued health. I completely agree because the majority of people's affiliation with a fad diet, you could, you could point fingers at fashion, popularity, all these very, very shallow reasons for somebody to maybe be investing in something like, like, a, like a keto or a vegan or a veggie. Regardless, and, and there are so many subcategories of, of diets, you're looking at it in a much more involved way, which is, which is right, the right way, because like you said, a, a, a diet or a fad diet may have a role in a very applied scenario to one person given their own scenario, but there should be a need for it. It's, it's, it's the wrong application if somebody's just saying it because they, 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 may, they may be misinformed as well. They may be thinking that they're doing something for themselves to, to, oh, to yeah. try and improve improve a health aspect of theirs without truly knowing why or what is going to be changing because of that. So well, we, can even, we can even bring it to certain training types. I mean, HIIT training, for instance, high-intensity interval training, a fantastic form of training that has really good health benefits, many of which grounded in scientific research. You know, But being said, if a person has an overly uh, stressed system in terms of they, they're, they're struggling to handle, you know, exercise or any form of stress because exercise is a stress, remember, you know, they're, they're struggling to handle stress at any level at that point. And you go and you put them through hit, hit sessions and you also put them in calorie deficits and therefore, which is increasing their stress further, you know, you're actually therefore going to exacerbate the system by reducing the resources, the, the micronutrients, the hydration, whatever else they have that they need, the foundational resources they need to grow and build things with, while increasing the your, your tearing, tearing through more of those resources at a faster rate, again, further unbalancing or further exacerbating any uh, disbalance that, that person's system has. So while that may be the eat less, move more idiom that the fitness industry holds very dearly, and has had a lot of success with in many people that may be a good thing for those people but in some people that are too stressed it's actually going to cause more problems um, and even not maybe not in the short term but definitely over medium and long term yeah no it's, it's a very very valid point uh, especially given the, the situation people are in at the moment with the COVID-19 mm -hmm. uh, epidemic because we, we've all whether it's from a professional standpoint or from a personal standpoint, PTs, for argument's sake, if we're, if we're going to go, if we're taking, say, HIIT training or just training in general, as an example, mm -hmm. PTs are having to adapt to try and give their clients value, and they're trying to trying to give them as many things as they can to work at home with, and much in the same and maybe equal and opposite respect, people are trying to be open to as many as many things as possible when it when it comes to exercise. Yeah. And and we can all agree that variety and changing up your your routine is it can be a very beneficial thing, 
but how, how do you feel that people's health is going to be affected by by the current situation, maybe with regards to nu nutrition and exercise? Well, I mean, we've got an unprecedented uh, amount of time. So um, the first thing I want to point out is probably the, the potential, the benefits, the, the, the good things we should be looking at. Now, when you speak to most people about changing their nutritional uh, intake, changing their diet, going on a healthy eating plan or whatever else, and you go, oh, you know, I don't, wake up too early to leave for the work in the morning to have have a proper breakfast um i get home too late uh, to have a proper dinner or that i get home too late so i eat so late because i work too long uh at work i don't have the facilities to cook food or store food or there's no healthy places to eat around me you know these are normally the sort of reasons where people are giving why it's so difficult for them to get into a healthy eating routine um there's also the social aspect oh there's this birthday party constantly but you know these things are all been taken away now, you know, so you've actually got an unprecedented opportunity of time and resources uh, in, uh, in terms of your, your constantly have your kitchen ready for you. I mean, now there's other, there, there are other hurdles in place right now, of course, which is, you know, boredom, you know, it's a huge one. You know, people are going to be bored at home or, or, or not have anything to do or be stressed because of the current, you know, worry around their health and the, and the financial situations and things like this. But you have an unprecedented amount of time uh, and the ability to access a kitchen and, and a fridge and cook your own food and, and create your own time schedules and things like this, which is a very important thing that we need to focus on within this, this situation. And given the, the, the length of time that we're probably going to be in these little sort of lockdown situations, you know, you've got a couple months to build strong, uh, healthy strategies and, and habits to make a better life for yourself when you go back out into the real world and then we start going slightly back to normal, which I don't think, I think the old normal will never exist again after this, but I mean, that's a different story. Uh, but they're the things that I think we've got to focus on in terms of the importance. Now, with the negative aspects, you know, we're going to have so much extra spare time that boredom becomes a factor in terms of boredom eating. I mean, people are already having that problem with just being at home from say six to 10 in the evening, you know? And they already get bored and, and, and eat at night. And that's where the most times that most people overeat is because they're bored at night. Um, then you also get the mental stresses of everything that's going on and the and the isolation. If you're if you're isolated in a home by yourself or away from your family or you know away from friends and all these other things that you value in terms of your social time, then finding other ways to fill that time by you know like online Zoom conversations with friends so you physically see them and experience them. You know, in some some way, of course, you don't get the same human contact, but we get say, some form of uh, social contact. And uh, also, if people are already in a state of slightly poor health, they are going to be worrying about their um, their own health in this crisis, their susceptibility to COVID. And while that could be, you know, uh, or it is realistically a, a, a real worry for many people um, about if they get COVID, how bad it's going to be for them it's no time like the present then to start supporting your immune system and start supporting your health, which basically is down to foundational health. If, for instance, you have poor red blood cell health, COVID-19 specifically targets red blood cells to attack the heme, the, the molecule that helps transport the oxygen around um, in the red blood cell to uh, utilize as a tool to get into cells. So basically part of the reason why COVID causes such problems with breathing 
is because it actually depletes your ability to transport oxygen around the body and in a number of ways that compound each other. So you actually get out of breath before you even have any damage done to your lungs or anything else, just by the fact that it uh, affects red blood cell transport. So you know, the, the, uh, creating a better health status by you know, doing the right things at home while you can will actually protect you from that as much as possible. Whereas worrying and eating junk food is going to make you more susceptible, such as just another little fact here for the people worried about immunity, 100 grams of refined sugar uh, will cause uh, up to a, uh, around a 50% reduction in uh, white blood cell function, uh, uh, white blood cell function. So um, particularly phagocytosis, which is the ability for white blood cells to eat sort of pathogenic material. Um, and that will start within 30 minutes of eating that 100 grams of refined sugar and lasts for over five hours before the white blood cell function starts to increase. So they're really big things that affect your immunity that are really actually quite simple in terms of your ability to control and change them. I mean, uh, I guess uh, probably, I probably stop there for now because uh, otherwise go on forever about these sorts of things. It is a very, very interesting point when, it, when people people assume that descending into fairly kind of lazy habits at this at this moment is just going to be a byproduct it's almost expected of people to be to be kind of swaying one way or the other you know some folk almost kind of consign themselves to well for the next two or three weeks i'm going to embrace and enjoy this you know this this lazy life that i've been kind of gifted for the next two or three weeks because when this as i say this unprecedented time is allowing for it and you know it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek approach to to their own situation because we'll hope and we'll assume that most people know that they should really be using this time to to adopt new healthier habits to try and maybe reduce some of their impulsions when it comes to maybe poor habits that they've adopted at this point but I think I think the, the the value and the just just how crucial it is for people to really, as I say, feel feel and be educated on the, the specifics of what what they're doing indoors at the minute. Okay, we, we can go out for exercise and so on, but but the majority of time, we are indoors. We have we've we've been kind of forced to 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 do to a degree adopt a fairly lackluster lifestyle indoors with with very. With very little movement but but that that just as you just said it it really pushes home just how important it is to take control over what you can control when it comes yeah. to when it comes to nutrition mobility and and really appreciating what 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 you do having an effect on your body because in a sense the the little things that we are doing will become more and more important because if if the few things that we do during the day uh, eat a load of junk food and lie about on the sofa all day, followed by maybe drinking yourself to to a fairly intoxicated state at night. You know, all of that is is kind of immunity compromising stuff. It it seems fairly harmless on the surface of it. It may just be a habit that people some somebody has actually adopted during this last month. But I think it, that, that that wisdom that that wisdom that will actually allow people to feel and and be healthier. Is is has never been more important than now. As I say, I, I, know, I know it's kind of it's kind of simplifying it a little bit too much, but and not at all, not at all actually. I think that is is a good point to make, you know. And I think one of the main, one of the things that you have to be that uh, people have to really be aware about is that your health will not change unless you personally take interest in it. If you're not interested in something, you're not going to understand it. You're not going to learn it. You're not going to take any um, responsibility for it. 
And therefore, you, you can't change health without taking responsibility for it. And you, you don't care about it because you don't know about it. You don't know about it because you're not taking responsibility for it. So it's a bit of a like, you know, uh, a self, self-fulfilling cycle for people who are, not, who are not paying attention to it, won't know about it, won't care about it, and won't take responsibility for it. And it just keeps going around and around the same circle. So the most important thing that I, I've got to say to people is like, you know, you have to take 100% responsibility for your own health. You know, it's not anyone else's uh, job to keep you healthy or make you healthy. It's only yours. And if you're not healthy, then that's going to impact your life. And a lot of people don't really care about these little tiny things that they see. Well, you know, I just had some drinks that one night. I mean, it wasn't like I was drinking all day, every day. Or I just had, uh, you know, a couple of cigarettes. Or I just had you know, that donut or whatever else it is. You know, while, you know, 80-20 rule is very good way to live, you've got to find out personally what that 20% that you can give way on without causing your, yourself the most harm. So if you are under um, uh, risk factors for increased, uh, decreased lung health, you know, having a couple of cigarettes every now and then, it's actually going to be just like smoking constantly because you already have a higher susceptibility to these things. Seeing where you are down the line in terms of your progression, disease progression and, and your, 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 how far away you are from health in that area. So if you don't have any, say, genetic or family history possession of diabetes or, you know, and you have no reason to think you should care about sugar, then when we actually look at all your blood markers and everything else, we actually see that you're quite far down the line progressing through uh, losing blood sugar regulation and we've also got to look at why that's occurring, of course. But I mean, then you have to care more about these things. And if you have a reduction in blood sugar regulation, you're going to have a reduction in immunity. Just by the sheer point that I made earlier about, you know, white blood cell being affected by intake of sugar or refined carbohydrates. Yeah. Uh, these things all connect. Everything is interconnected. Nothing works by itself. Everything needs the other things to survive. We are a holistic organism. You're not just a hand or a foot or a brain or a, or a heart. You know, these things cannot survive without each other. That overall bigger picture, as, as, I mean, some people might be listening to this and thinking this all sounds very, very beyond me and complicated and how could, any, how could a mere mortal possibly adopt this information without feeling completely oppressed by it and how can somebody enjoy themselves, you know, in, in a way that if they want to eat a, a sugary thing or have a drink, you know, how, how could they guilt-free consume that? This, this, I'm sure you agree as well, this isn't about scaring people into dropping any enjoyment that they have from things. You can, it, you know, balance is, balance is the key to living, living healthily anyway, mentally, physically. You know, you, you could stress yourself to death by constantly worrying about every last little thing you do. And that stress in itself might have just as much of a de- detriment, if not more, than the initial... <laughs> detriment causing thing that you were focusing on but but the overall picture that you can build of how your body functions at a basic level and and this and this isn't really going into that much detail it's just like we like we discussed earlier on if if you could if you could adopt a lot of this information and this education into the earlier years of school it wouldn't feel like this huge huge ordeal to have to to try and learn or relearn how how your body reacts to, to nutrition and training it would it would just it would just be this easily adopted thing that you could use without really thinking about it yeah very so, much so i mean it's also about being specific to to you like i said you know it's like it, if you go and find out about what's happening with you 
you can make better decisions about how to live your life with that 80-20 rule and put the less, least risk on you living in a more interesting and more fun life without having to sacrifice all the good things in the world. But you know, it's that first step of finding out about you. And why aren't you interested in you? Why don't you want to know about you? Why don't we want to know how to make your life better and to be able to experience more things with less worry? I mean, if that's an option for you, why don't you want to know about you? And that, that's where that's where you come in because that's it's yeah. a next it's a next step for somebody to really take towards gaining gaining a knowledge about themselves because we can't really press press this enough. The majority of information out there for people will be, for a start, social media based. Um, you know, I'm going to be presumptuous there and and say that these days a lot of a lot of a lot of what people will be taking away will be from Instagram, Facebook. They'll see a post, they'll have a, a momentary spell of motivation to to either just what they think is eat healthily or exercise healthily or take this supplement or that supplement to to boost their joints lubrication or to give themselves full you know full uh all, all the micro micronutrients they'll need for a day but that that's it's all this very broad picture and that that picture isn't personal well somebody's body is a personal thing so that's so that's yeah. that's really where you yeah, exactly. Yeah. The bigger problem with a lot of these social media things are a lot of them actually come from truth, but they're told without out of context or taken out of context and therefore become half truths, which which turns them out to full lies. So, you know, it, 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 a lot of the things that were said by these experts or, or social media celebrities or whoever else that are promoting things on there, it's not the fact that they're wrong. It's the fact that you just don't know if it's for you. You know, and you don't know if you unless you look into you, and it's important to basically really understand that. You know, it's the context of something that is almost the most important part of it that you don't get when you just read a meme. And and that that that, that also delves into how you know how people's brains work now when it comes to kind of picking information that they find appealing, and also kind of subconsciously blinkering other information that they that they don't feel is relevant to themselves at that moment in time. They'll take what they choose to take whether they realize it or not. So if it's a nice, easily easily consumed nugget of information that that makes them feel good, it makes them feel like they're already making a good decision, all they need to do is just tweak this little thing or that thing. If it's easy to do, then they'll adopt that much more readily than something which would, would imply that they need yeah. to take much more responsibility and actually elevate their approach to what they're doing. Again, that's that that is delving that's going down a whole different road of, of how people how people's minds work. But yeah, yeah. but it, but but as I say, it, as 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 is the theme of this, it all it, it all does interconnect mm -hmm. and and that cannot be that cannot really be under underestimated or undervalued to be honest. No, not at all. Not at all. Feel free to tell everybody just how they can get in touch with you and uh, to our listeners to our listeners at home at what you can what you can offer them. Uh, yeah, so I mean, the, the, sim the simplest way to get in touch with me is by email, which is info at christianthompson.co.uk. Uh, I've got the website address, which is www.christianthompson.co.uk. Um, uh, and there's a bunch of things on Facebook and other, and other bits on Instagram, but you can all sort of find that through those those mediums, I'm sure. Um, uh, basically, just if you want to get hold of me, just, re just give me a shout and just drop me a note. Uh, the most important thing to sort of say is there's... Also, just to come back to with the professional context, you know, I work with I work with people in terms of finding out about their health and looking at foundational structures and where in what directions they need to go. 
you know, I work with personal trainers, nutritionists, you know, coaches, you know, uh, all, all kinds, realistically, to find this information out for their clients. I have my own my own set of clients as well that come to me directly. You know, uh, it's, it, one of the most important things I do in my business is I solve problems. So whether that's why I'm a health consultancy, you know, it's not to do with any individual thing. We 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 I work with so many practitioners that sometimes. If it's some, not something that I can solve directly, it's something that I can get solved by the relevant people. And referring out is a very important thing. Now, while we don't want to hyper-specialize uh, in one area uh, particularly, you know, sometimes you do need those people that are, are hyper-specialized and you do need to have contact with those people, but you need to have it in context with a more holistic view of the body. So that's what I'm sort of really doing for people is not just special hyper specializing in one service or becoming a jack of all trades but being uh, able to navigate the, the very large and sometimes confusing world of health for every individual coming through to make sure they're set up with the right tools to find out what they need and start the, uh, their journey with, with with good efficacy you know with the right with the right foundation to actually move forwards with and get results rather than just painful trial and error constantly. That's going to be all, all the more relevant given given the current circumstances. So um, I personally couldn't advise anybody more to go, to go and actually seek out a little bit more. Yeah, and also just uh, another comment as well, as I said to, to Tobias, that um, you guys can have a uh, £50 off for anyone that just quotes body core for like the next you know, six months or so. And so, you know, if people are looking to make any changes about doing get it uh, in terms of their health programs or want any help with finding more about themselves, whether it's just an, an, an idea to understand what's going on within themselves or whether it's an idea to actually achieve specific goals and targets, is that there for people or anyone that's listening as well? Brilliant. Thank you, Christian. I'll put all Christian's contact details down in the description below, as well as the offer code. As he's just said, if you, if you were interested in Christian services, please do get in touch with them and use the code BODYCORE and you can get a discount on your sessions there. Christian, thank you very much again for, for joining us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Pleasure for me as well. Thank you so much for having me on. Not at all. Um, once again, guys, check out Christian at, uh, on Instagram and Facebook down below. Do get in touch with him. He'll be, he'll be more than happy to, to help you there. Thank you again for listening to another BODYCORE podcast. We will speak to you all very soon.